In the book, Minimalist Homeschooling, I wrote the following. A lot of people hold on to things because they don't want to waste a good thing. For example, half sheets of construction paper that were abandoned after the last project are collected and returned to the cabinet. But for the next project, everyone wants a nice new sheet of construction paper, so you'll probably accumulate more scraps to add to your pile after the next project. Please stop keeping things like scraps of construction paper because you might one day have a project that requires scraps of paper. I'm sure there will be more scraps available when that time comes. Those scraps are not getting used. That is, they're being wasted, whether they sit in your cabinet or they are in the trash can. The tragedy has already happened. Only half of the page was used. Now nobody wants that poor, lonely scrap. In reality, that scrap that you were afraid to waste by throwing it away is now wasting your time whenever you organize it or search past it and it's wasting space. And so begins our conversation on how to simplify and streamline our homeschool space, supplies, and resources. Welcome to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, PhD, author of Minimalist Homeschooling and the creator of the Simple is the New Smart membership. And this is the place where we talk about how less really is more and how simple really is the new smart. This is the place for any homeschooler who wants to trade stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, and self-doubt for peace, clarity, confidence, and a sense of true abundance. It turns out that transforming our mindset really can transform our homeschools and our lives. We'll talk tips and strategies, stories and perspective, and interview people who have lessons to teach us. And I am just so happy that you're here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, let's get busy today talking about how to get serious about our homeschool space. I know what you're thinking. This is a minimalist homeschooling podcast. Finally, Zara, we're talking about our stuff and our space. I'm really excited to be doing this with you, and I'm excited that we're doing it after we've talked about the mindset behind minimalism and minimalist homeschooling. Because now that we know why we're on this minimalism journey to begin with, it will become so much easier to deal with all of our stuff and our space. And today, I wanna talk about things that you can do right now. I wanna talk about that oh-so-common book problem in homeschooling, and I'm using problem here in air quotes. And I wanna talk about how we can be proactive about the clutter in the future. So let's get started with all the tangible physical stuff in our homeschool space. So first of all, I like to draw parallels between minimalism, which a lot of us are familiar with, and minimalist homeschooling. So if you were going to purge any room in your house, you would likely think of the keep trash donate model, right? Where you have three distinct containers, anything that you want to keep, you either put back away or you put in the first container so you can organize it. Anything you don't want anymore then would go in either the trash or the donate containers, right? So when we are talking about our homeschool supplies, there are a similar three categories, but they're a little bit different. And I think that this makes it a lot easier to apply. So in homeschooling, our three categories are now, no, 
and later. Okay, so that's what I like to say now, no, or later because the now stuff is equivalent to the keep. You're gonna put that in a place when you're going through all your stuff, you're going to say, yes, this is something we are using right now and you're gonna put that in your first container to be organized or you're gonna put it back away where it came from. Anything that is in the no pile are going to be the things that are outgrown, they're unloved, they're unused, you're not likely to use them or ever use them, you wouldn't miss them if you didn't have them, they are broken or damaged or stained beyond repair, and those are the items where we just say no to them. They don't serve our homeschool or they don't serve our homeschool well. And I'm gonna say that last part again because it's not just whether they could serve our homeschool or whether they might serve our homeschool, it's do they serve our homeschool well? Do these items really make an impact in our homeschool? And then once we have these no items, we then get to decide whether they need to go in the trash or whether they can be donated. But the no items are the items that will be leaving our homeschools and find a new home. Finally, the third category, which would normally be donate, we're calling later. These are the items that you're not using now in your homeschool, but you're pretty sure you're going to use them at another time. This is really common in families where there are multiple children of multiple ages and maybe that game isn't so great right now, but you know when your toddler gets older, you're pretty sure you're gonna want to have it again. This is really good for things that you cycle through, like maybe you do history on a three-year cycle and you might not be doing world history right now, but you know you will be doing world history again at some point. So you want to keep those items, right? So anything that you want to keep, but you're not using right now, we call later. So one way that we can go through our homeschools with a fresh perspective is to use this system of now, no, and later, okay? And if you're not sure what falls into the now versus later, or even the no pile, one thing that you can try is a reverse packing party. So in minimalism, there's this idea of a packing party. You pack everything you own into boxes and you label them really well and you remove them from your house or you put them in the basement or you put them in one place or the garage or something like that. And if something is worth getting out of the box, it gets to stay in your home. And after some amount of time, like three months, six months, a year, if it hasn't been brought out of a box, it leaves your home. You don't even reconsider anything that hasn't been removed from the box in a certain period of time just gets donated wholesale. Okay, so that is an extreme minimalism tactic called the packing party. And in homeschooling, what I like to think of is a reverse packing party. So for one week, get yourself a bin or two bins, depending on how many children you have and how active you are in your homeschool. Get yourself a bin or two or three and anything that you use that week in your homeschool, put it in the bin. Don't put it back away where you got it from. Put it in the bin. When Monday happens, everything you use goes in the bin. Tuesday, everything you use goes in the bin. Wednesday, everything in the bin. So that on Friday, you have everything that you've used all week in your bins. Anything that remains out now, on the tables, on the surfaces, in the cubbies, on the shelves, in the cabinet that hasn't been used all week, those are things you are most likely now going to categorize as no or later. 
These are not things that you are using right now. These are not your now items. Your now items are in those bins. So now you can really easily visually see what you're using and what you're not using. So now I'm talking a lot about you have now items and you have later items and you might be thinking, hey Zara, I've got a whole lot of later items and we love them and we use them and I want to keep them. I don't want to have to try to find all these like antique Charlotte Mason books again, those sorts of things. And this is where secondary storage comes into play. So we talked about a no, a now, no, later program. We talked about using a reverse packing party. You can also use secondary storage. And what I mean by secondary storage is that you choose a location for all of those later items. It can be a shelf in a closet. It can be that high cabinet above your kitchen refrigerator that nobody quite knows what to do with. It can be in an underbed storage box. It can be in the basement. It can be in the garage, wherever it is convenient for you to store them, where they can be well organized and those resources can be retrieved when you need them. But these are items that you don't need on a daily basis. So it doesn't have to be a super convenient location. It just has to be a place where they will be safe, they can be relatively well organized, and you can go retrieve the items when you need them. However, you do not need these items in your daily space all the time. Because how great is it to walk into a space and know exactly what you're doing today? And yes, we all want to instill a love of learning and those sorts of things, so you can absolutely be flexible with this. If your kids love having a whole variety of chapter books to choose from, or every once in a while they like digging through the science kits, you don't have to put those all in secondary storage. Use your best judgment. I'm not being dogmatic here. You don't have to strip away everything because I want you to keep not only what is needed in your space, but I want you to keep whatever is loved in your space too. And remember, unless you literally throw the things away or donate the things, using secondary storage is easy for a lot of homeschoolers to adapt because it's not permanent. If you realize that there's something in a bin that you want and it's worth going to get it, then you can go get it. But in the meantime, we can totally simplify our spaces by including only those things that we are using on a daily basis. So I think that's really important for a lot of homeschool spaces to think about what's being used on a daily basis because what happens when we have all the things in the room is that we send mixed signals to our children about what's important. It's not entirely clear to them or to us what we are doing right now, what we are focused on. It can be distracting and and beyond that distraction, it almost becomes like this dilution, right? Because sometimes when kids have so many things available to them, they don't know what to choose. And so you can absolutely sort of rotate things in and out of your space And in that way, those items that are being showcased at that time become that much more noticeable because there's less competition for our children's attention and for our attention for that matter, right? 
And so simplifying our space can give everyone sort of this breath of fresh air, a little bit more focus. It's obviously going to be easier to clean up. And I had one person actually send me a message and say, just making this one change of taking all of our not now stuff, our later stuff out of the room and leaving only our daily stuff in our space I no longer even have to print out lesson plans because it is so obvious what we are doing each day. And so that's the kind of simplicity and freedom that we're aiming for when we decide to be more minimalist. Okay, guys, now let's talk specifically about books because I referred to this idea that many of us have a lot of books that we love and that we don't necessarily want to pack up for later because maybe our children will randomly want to pull a book off a shelf, but maybe we also feel like we're drowning in books. And something that people ask me a lot of times is how many books is too many books when you're homeschooling? How do I know that I have too many or just the right amount? What is the right amount of homeschooling books? And, or they'll ask me, how do you store all of your books? How do you find places for all of your books? Or what is a minimal number of books? Or what do you do with extra books? And so let's start first at the place of it depends on you, right? If your books bring you joy, they help you live the life you want. They help you be the teacher you want to be. They help your students be the students you want them to be, then they are serving their purpose. They are serving a positive role in your homeschool. If you feel like the space that you have for books is adequate and appropriate, and it doesn't create stress for you as a homemaker, then you are doing just fine. If you feel like you love each of your books, you'll likely enjoy each of them in the future, in the near future, or that it'll be difficult to find them again, then you probably have the right amount of books. You can move on to worrying about something else in your homeschool. I'm sure there's something else that's on your mind as well. But conversely, if you feel like your books are overwhelming you, if you feel like they're creating stress, or you don't have enough space, or they're encroaching on space, you want space for other things, you never have enough room for them, you don't have the right space for them, or if you feel like nobody ever looks at them or you're unlikely to look at them anytime soon, then it's time to address some of your books, right? So how do we decide which ones to purge, right? How do we make that decision of which books to let go because we're homeschoolers and potentially every book could spark joy, right? And we get back to this idea of, well, it could work in our homeschool. A lot of us save things because of wishful thinking, because we might need it or we could use it or it would be right at the right time or in the right unit study or if we ever studied that, this would be a great book for that. And so let me give you a series of questions to help sort of narrow down and focus on this dilemma of which books stay and which books go in our homeschool. So obviously we're going to discard and whether that means donate or trash is up to you, but the books that you won't miss, the books that you don't love, the books that you don't use, and the books that are broken, stained, ripped beyond repair, those need to go, right? So here are some ways to get past the sort of mental and emotional blocks that are associated with books, right? We're going to trust that more books, even the same books that we are releasing into the world, 
can and will still cross our paths via the library, future holidays and gifts, and more. You know you can trust there are lots of books in your future. You don't need to worry about losing books because you know that books will be provided to you in many ways in the future when you need them. So speaking of which, you can get excited about making room for future books. Not that new ones have to come into your home and live on your shelves permanently, but while they are there, they can be loved and not resented because they're making a bigger mess in your home, right? So this happens to us. We have to have a place for library books. Otherwise, all the library books end up everywhere and they become a new source of stress instead of a source of pure joy in our homeschool, right? And we control that. We get to make decisions that will help things not be stressors for us. And so when you're cleaning these things out, you can stay positive, getting excited about making room for future books so that when they come into your home, they bring nothing but joy with them. You can also think about the new homes that the books that you are releasing will bless. I would encourage you to donate those, whether you have a homeschool co-op where you can bring them and put them on a table and offer them to anybody who would like them, whether it's your local thrift store that could make 25 cents off of each book. Not only are you helping the thrift store, but now you're also blessing. Imagine these families coming in looking for their newest treasures and finding your books. Someone out there will be happy to find your books. And if they're not bringing you happiness, what better? better thing to do than to turn around and generate happiness for someone else with those books. And then always consider the worst case scenario. What if you do miss that book? What if you accidentally donate it and then realize, I really wish that we had that book? What will you do? There are a lot of options here. You could probably replace the book. You could ask around in homeschool groups if anybody has a copy of the book they're willing to part with. You could find it at the library. You could download it onto Kindle if you really miss it. Maybe you just borrow it from a friend. You could buy it again. And then you decide if the worst case scenario happens, I will have to X. And depending on the book, it will vary, right? Some books are not available at the library. Some books are not going to be available to borrow from a friend. Some books you're just going to have to flat out purchase again. And if that's the case, you then have to decide, is that worst case scenario okay with me? Is it okay to go ahead and purchase it again? Will that create more stress than the stress of just keeping it around on the shelf? And it's perfectly okay to say, you know what? I'd rather keep it around on the shelf than have to purchase it later because if it turns out that I need this, I'm going to have to purchase it again. And it's okay to say, you know what? It's okay if I have to purchase it again. And it's okay to leave it on your shelf for a while and give it some time to realize that in fact, you aren't using it until you are ready to part with it. It's okay to give yourself that sort of patience with items. So don't be too hard on yourself. Don't make this a really stressful event. Just quickly go through your books. 
and identify which ones you can get excited about releasing to somebody else. Convince yourself that there will be more books coming into your life. Be prepared for all those books that are coming in by making space for them. And then consider your anything you're on the fence about. Consider the worst case scenario for them. And then make an immediate decision. It's okay to donate it or I'm going to keep it around for a while. You don't have to deliberate for a long period of time for any one book, okay? If in the end you're really worried about missing books, you can try a packing party. You can box up any books that you're on the fence about. You can put a date on that box. So choose a date one month from now, three months from now, six months from now, and write it on the outside of your box. Store the box out of sight. Mark your calendar for the donate books date. So whatever date you chose, a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, go ahead and put it on your planner right away right? Right. Donate books. If by that predetermined date, the timeline that you put on those books, you don't miss any of your boxed books, then donate the box without even looking again at the books and trust. Just trust that they are going to be of more use to somebody else than they were for you in that box in the garage. And trust that you have enough, you have plenty, even without those books, right? Okay, so now let's talk about in the future. So we've purged our space a little bit. We've moved things into secondary storage. We've simplified, we've focused, we've made space, we've made room. We're able to see what we're working on. We're able to get excited about rotating things out and what else is going to come into our lives. We've made space for new things to come into our homeschools. Now let's talk about all those new things coming into our homeschool (laughs) because a lot of us do okay with this overhaul with the purge we can do that but then the maintenance is not where we thrive or the maintenance is where we feel a little less successful in this whole thing so in the future let me just give you four ideas about how to think about the things coming into your homeschool from now on from a perspective of space and clutter and keeping things minimal right so first When you are switching topics in your homeschool, when you are thinking about studying something new, shop in your own home first. Figure out what you already have. Go to that secondary storage, take a look at what you already have, and start there. You can also look at what's already at the library. You can look at what videos and documentaries are already available on YouTube or Amazon Prime or whatever your favorite streaming service is. You can see what you already have. Before you go out and buy anything new, make sure you are very familiar with what you already have. Next, I want you to know how much space and time you have for whatever you're bringing in. So let's say, okay, we're studying the solar system. I know what we already have. We have a puzzle. We have a few great picture books and there's a magic school bus episode on the solar system. So we're doing pretty well, but now you see these other things that are really great and tempting, right? So I want you to say to yourself, how much time do I have to spend on this topic after the things that we already have, how much more time do we have, and how much more space do we have, right? And that's going to help you decide whether this is worth bringing into your homeschool. Because if you don't have the time to do it, then please don't buy the new thing. And if you don't have the space for it, then know there's a trade-off here. There's a little bit of a trade-off between your sanity because of the mess versus 
the benefit and the value of this schooling thing. And so there are a couple options here. One, you don't buy the new thing because you just simply don't have the space for it and you trust that there will be plenty of free things or what you already have is plenty. Or you can bring that into your space and you can remove something else, right? Because anything that comes into your home, it's either going to replace or displace something else right? It's either going to replace an existing item that you're now going to have to remove, or it's going to take up some of that free space. So you're not going to have as much free space, right? So ask yourself, how much space do I have for this item? And how much time do I have for this new resource? Number three, do not feel obligated to use or keep what is gifted to you. The homeschooling community is so generous. If somebody finds out that you're a homeschooler, they are going to be willing to pass down so many, so many wonderful resources to you because they finished with it and they've gone through their now, no, later process and they want to give you their no box, right? Because they might have outgrown it, but maybe you could get use out of it. And they're excited about the idea of somebody else being happy because of these items. They are not giving it to you so that you will feel obligated to keep it and or use it. They are giving it to you so that it may bring some happiness and some value to your homeschool. They do not want you to keep it because you feel obligated. So remember that you don't have to keep everything that is gifted to you just because it worked for somebody else or just because it was a gift. Feel free to release it until it finds its new home where it truly does bring value and happiness to someone else's homeschool. Okay. And similarly, do not feel obligated to use or keep things that you spent good money on unless it feels useful, valuable, and helpful in your homeschool. If you don't use it, if you don't love it, if you don't need it, just because you spent good money on it, you don't have to keep it. Because keeping it doesn't get you any of your money back. (laughs) Using it, even though you don't like it, or even if it doesn't do the job well, using it is not going to save you any money. So don't feel obligated to keep or use things that you've spent good money on if it does not bring value to your homeschool because keeping it and using it is not going to make it more valuable. Keeping and using it is not going to make it a good use of your money. The damage is already done, I'm sorry to say. Please don't throw good time after bad money, okay? So those are the tips I have today when we're thinking about cleaning out our homeschooling space from a minimalism perspective. I am wishing you all the simple things and have fun making space. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I want you to know that I have a free goodie for you. If you are wondering where you have the most clutter in your homeschool, try our minimalist homeschooling audit. It's free, it's quick, it's easy, and you will get immediate action steps to start working towards a clutter-free homeschool. So go ahead and get started today. It's at resources.zeraphd.com forward slash minimalist dash homeschooling dash audit.